Triple H FM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants, HK Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. Here's your host, the raging bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com. Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby RSL, ISC Sport, and The Post. Anthony the Bull Caruso here as we have reached halfway in the English Premier League season with our first dedicated weekend just past for the FA Cup, which gives us all here on Triple H Sports a great opportunity now to talk about where teams are currently sitting at, especially with the all-important January transfer window now open. If December is the most wonderful time of the year, then January just becomes the silliest time of the year as clubs work out how much money they have to spend and then go nuts as they spend to achieve a certain goal, whether it's qualifying for Europe, avoiding relegation or gunning for a title. Of course, I can't do this alone. So joining me tonight to go through this is our chief football correspondent, the spicy chorizo himself, Dom Rizzuto. Good evening to you. Good evening, Caruso. Good evening, listeners. Yes, we're at the halfway point of the EPL season. What a campaign it has been. One of the most competitive uh, that I've seen it in, in many a year. Yes, I know Manchester City have started to run away with it uh, over the last couple of weeks, but the t- season has been very, very close up until now, and, and it still remains close if uh, City do slip up a couple of times, but there's still plenty of work to be done um, from first down to 20th amongst these English Premier League sides. And, of course, now we're in the January transfer window, so it's a chance to bolster the squad. We don't usually see a lot of movement at this time of year, but what we do see is some very, very funny and very silly and also some very potentially strong signings from these clubs that can push them further up the table come the end of the year. The big talking point from this as well is that you've got two clubs that have now changed hands and are now awash with money. So this is going to be well and truly the silly season for the competition. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, Newcastle's well-documented and obviously we haven't been able to talk about it uh, over the last uh, little while because it only happened this week um, with Southampton. Your boys uh, being brought for what really in the world of football these days is absolute pennies um, by a Serbian TV mogul billionaire. So it'll be interesting to see what the Saints do. Um, I, I doubt they'll make moves in this window. The, squ- the squad is doing okay. It will survive relegation this year, you would think quite comfortably. And then they'd probably look to to strengthen from there and, and see where they can go. But there's pl- but then obviously there's Newcastle and well, they're in all sorts at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see what they do to try and bolster the squad in this window. 20 teams to get through, so let's not waste any time. We've got a quick half-time report card and a discussion about what the teams need to do in order to achieve certain goals and what the transfers are looking like. With that, the referee is in the middle and we are set for play. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. Let's go to our first team in alphabetical order, and it is Arsenal. Some would say that they've been consistently inconsistent, capable of amazing football, and then capable of something not mind-numbingly poor, which, of course, Dom makes us all the richer for it thanks to AFTV. Arsenal this season have done 
I suppose uh, what they've needed to do after their pretty dismal start where they found themselves languishing at the bottom of the table, now obviously found them find themselves pretty much up in that top four where you would think that they would be. They've, re- they've done well in beating the side that they should beat. They've struggled to go against the best, but are getting better. And Mikel Arteta has been given the time to get the kids playing well together. That's where Arsenal have done really, really well. The likes of Aaron Ramsdale, Bakaya Sacco and Elliot Smith-Rowe have been allowed to kind of take control of the team a little bit more. And obviously they've brought in the likes of Gabriel Martinelli in the last few weeks, who's a class player, scoring a few goals in, to help them push the them up the table into those Champions League places. But where, again, they have been struggling, and perhaps this is a conversation to be had down the line, is how do they get to that next stage and be in the same category as Liverpool or Chelsea or Manchester City? I've given them an A- minus so far. Certainly, you're right in terms of the way they've started. It's been terrible, but then they've picked themselves up off the canvas. We've got one confirmed transfer for them so far, which is Harry Clark to Hibernian on loan. But what the big discussion has been in, is in there um, is in the transfers. Who's been linked with the club so far? Well, look, they've got a lot of links at the moment. You know, the the the, the big one that Arsenal are really liking the look off, and uh, a lot of other clubs around the world are looking at the moment is Dusan Valhalovic from Fiorentina, who is the leading goal scorer in the Serie A. Nineteen years old, the bloke looks like he's. 2034, but brilliant uh, player who's coming through the ranks and is and is looking like he's going to be potentially the next Erling Haaland uh, on the market. And Arsenal are looking at targeting him early because they are going to be losing, you would think, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang within the next six months after his indiscretions recently. Other than that, obviously, they're looking at Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I highly doubt Everton are going to release uh, their star player during January. Isco from Real Madrid is another option for them. Uh, Arsenal had some reasonable good success out of Danny Tobias when he came over on loan from Real Madrid. Perhaps they can get the same out of Isco. You know, once a well-beater has kind of fallen out of the pecking order at, at Madrid in recent times. And then others to mention, you know, You've got the likes of uh, Dejan Kulazewski from Juventus, the young <coughs> Ukrainian winger. I think he's Ukrainian. Apologies if I've got that wrong. And Douglas Luiz from Aston Villa, who I, I don't see making a move in the window at the moment. But the big question will be, I think, is who will end up leaving? Ainsley Maitland has gone the Rome, to Roma. The, the move was confirmed. It's a loan move. Um, so that's a loss. Pem- Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, obviously the Arsenal's former captain, has been linked with the likes of Newcastle, Melbourne City, Sydney FC, after he kind of just fell off the bandwagon the last few weeks and has been left out of the squad for indiscretions. And, and you have to think you could almost do a whole episode on his time at Arsenal. And it, it really, and you think about it, apart from his gold boot, golden boot winning season, it's been a real disappointment, which would mean that the likes of Alexander Lacazette and Nicolas Pepe, are, and even more so Eddie Nketiah, are now probably going to be staying at Arsenal for the, at least the foreseeable future. So I don't see them making many moves, but what they probably still need Arsenal and they still lack is they lack a, what Aubameyang hasn't been able to bring them in the last few years, which is 30, 25 goals a season, which potentially Dusan Valhalovic can do. Well, that's a funny thing because you mentioned Lacazette because I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, if he's not sold through this transfer window, he could depart as a free agent. Now, are you yeah. suggesting that if they let Aubameyang go, that they may just go and re-sign Lacazette anyway? Well, look, I don't think they'd look... Maybe they won't re-sign Lacazette. I think they'd be more happy to let Lacazette go on a free than lose Aubameyang on a free. I think that's why they're interested in listening to offers 
on a Birmingham because they're like, well, we've got to make, we've got to recuperate some money on him because he's still worth something, pure talent. Whereas Lacazette, age a little bit older, you know, not too many clubs in Europe are going to look, sorry, excuse me, not Europe, in England are going to probably look at him so much so, so they wouldn't mind him taking those exploits elsewhere where he's probably not going to be as competitive with them day in, day out. Whereas Aubameyang, if they're going to have to lose him, they're most likely going to lose him to a, an English Premier League team, especially Newcastle, who are obviously the big favourites to sign him up in this window if they do pull the trigger. They're obviously going to want to uh, take advantage of that Arsenal and then that way. Maybe it does leave some budget for... Lacazette, but I see them both going at the end of the year personally. We then go to Aston Villa, who have absolutely come alive under Steve Gerrard, not only in terms of the way that they're playing, which has been quite positive as of late, but in the transfer windows, two big announcements for for them during the transfer, and both of them quite recent. Yeah, look, it's uh, an interesting start for Aston Villa. Obviously, the big, big news uh, coming out of the Midlands club in the last uh, few uh, days was the signing of Felipe Coutinho on loan. Steven Gerrard has brought uh, the, the the aptly named magician back to the Premier League when they uh, after they played together and had great success at Liverpool during that time. Obviously, at one point in the, uh, his prime, Coutinho was arguably one of the best players in the Premier League. And I assume that Aston Villa are hoping that uh, Steven Gerrard can get the best out of him once again. And he will be a very big weapon for Villa who whose signings in the uh, January or sorry, excuse me, in the su- in the winter excuse me in the summer window apologies haven't really hit the straps that I think many Villa fans would have hoped for after replacing Jack Grealish um, when he moved over to Manchester City. Obviously, they've sacked Steve Dean Smith. They didn't get off to a great start. There were wins at United, which were impressive. But to be honest with you, everyone's beat United this year. So is it really that much of a feat? And they'll now look to, you know, uh, strengthen that squad a little bit more because Danny Ings, Emmy Brendia and Leon Bailey. But they haven't really done what I think Villa had hoped for. Perhaps Felipe Coutinho is the player they're hoping will be the man to be able to unlock all of this talent during attacking talent during a game. You got a Danny Ings, Ollie Watkins, and out on the left you got you know potentially Leon Bailey or Anwell Ghazi or Mohamed Trezeguet. There's plenty of talent there who can score a lot of goals, but they haven't been able to actually convert that into success so far. And perhaps Coutinho will be that player that they bring they they bring in. But there's obviously plenty of others who they're looking at as well who I think would be. Fantastic signings. Well, they've been linked with a few players here so far. So who do you think is most likely to come in? Because we've got the likes of Aaron Ramsey from Juventus, Dennis Zakaria from Borussia Mönchengladbach, Lucas Digne from Everton has been linked with probably every man and his dog so far, Todd <laughs> Cantwell from Norwich City, Aaron Hickey from Bologna, and Yves Bissouma from Brighton. Well, look, they've got plenty of talent to, to go out here, Aston. I'd love to see them bring in a Dennis Sicaria or Lucas Didnay. I mean, that would be a very big statement of intent. If there's a spot that Villa probably lack, it is at left back. Matty Target was the player player last year for the club, but with that came him playing next to Jack Grealish. Perhaps the pressure was off a little bit playing at left back and he was allowed to be a little bit more open because he had Jack Grealish there. He's been very solid since his return to uh, the new year and the new season. But there has been games where you've looked at him and gone, he's just missing a bit of quality when you come up against the better teams. And that was very noticeable in the early part of the season when he had to go up against the likes of Ismail Issa 
against Watford and he got found out. And I think the like of a Luca Digne, who's clearly unhappy and evident, could be a great pick for Aston Villa. Dennis Sicaria would be the perfect CDM, which Villa hasn't had in since Dillian Petrov retired all those years ago. So I'd like to see them go at those two. Todd Cantwell, not so fast. I, he's got big rats on at Norwich, but I just don't rap Norwich all that much at all. You know, there's a reason why other clubs haven't gone to pick him up. That's why I'd, I'd, I'd like him to stay. And then obviously on the players departing, look, Alex Transebe, I think, is going to have his loan cancelled at Manchester United. So that's uh, their prerogative as to where they send him. Douglas Louise won't be leaving, I don't believe. Amrel Golgazi is the interesting one because under Dean Smith last term, he was uh, one of Villa's highest goal scorers and hasn't really been able to do that and hasn't been given the opportunity to state his claim at that left wing position this season. And I don't. And I think he'd probably want to try and get some more experience because he's a quality player, much like Mohamed Trezeguet, but he's coming back from injury. So I don't see him moving in the near future. And uh, I'm going to take this one, Cruz. I don't know why I even put it in the, in here. Emiliano Martinez, mate, he's not leaving. He's the number one at Aston Villa. He ain't leaving. Well, let's move on to Brentford. And it's been a solid return to form to top flight football for the Bees. I've given them a B plus so far. I think they've been dogged. Their work ethic has been excellent. Not only that, but they've pulled out a very good signing in Jonas Lossel from Midtjylland. Yeah, look, Renford have to avoid what Sheffield did last year and make sure that they continuously look to strengthen the squad. I don't they need don't think they need to do it this year. They are cursed by injury at the moment and COVID, so perhaps they'll look to bring in a couple of players just to give them a little bit of depth because, you know, they don't want to be, you know, <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel each and every week in the Premier League. That's just simply not going to cut it. Who are they going to bring in? Look, I don't think they'll bring in anyone in the window. They might bring in a couple of players on loan, no one of real note. They won't lose anybody because they haven't got any players to really kind of get rid of at the moment. Really all I can say about Brentford this year so far is that they've been fantastic. They're playing really brilliant football. They're competitive. I just don't want to see them do what Sheffield did, which is have one good season and then next year – just drop it because they don't invest in the squad. And it's concerning that there isn't too many names to refer to on their list. And I know they like to do the money ball thing and pick players that are a little bit off the beaten track that the big teams don't look at. So we'll see if it works in the Premier League. Well, that's what I get the feeling with Lossel. But then you, people forget that he is the number two Danish goalkeeper. And when you're the number two to cash for Schmeichel, you're probably still quite handy in that regard. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, their keeping probably isn't the big issue for them. And even their defence, they probably need a bit more creativity in the midfield. I think that's probably where they're lacking. They haven't been able to score too many goals. Let's move on to Brighton and Hove Albion. I've given them an A- minus so far, and I tell you what, Dom, the footballing hipsters must be absolutely salivating at the moment. Well, look, they had a really good start to the year, Brighton, and then just fell away, uh, as I predicted. They had all their easy games up front. Everyone was raving about how well they were doing, and then they had to play the next, the, the top six in the following seven weeks, and they lost all of their games. So, look, I, I, they've had a very good season under Graham Potter so far. Neil Morpay has been very, very good up front. Robert Sanchez is getting better and better each and every week in goals. Cucurella has been one of the signings of the season at right back. And Leano Trossard, I think, is one of the most skillful players in the Premier League. Unfortunately, he just doesn't have the consistency. So they've got a good squad there, Brighton. I just don't know when it's going to you know, click and maybe become a European drive season for them. Um, signings that they're looking at, obviously they've got a couple of coming in at the moment who are confirmed. You've got Kasper Kolazowski from Pogon, Shushinsin, uh, and Aaron Connolly from Middlesbrough on loan for the rest of the season. But then also linked with Eddie Nketiah, 
uh, from Arsenal, who I think would be a great pickup. The rest are all, you know, youngsters from uh, across the across the the English countryside. So where will they go in the window? I don't think they'll bring much more in. They'll look to just probably keep the same, take this year as it comes, uh, and maybe look to to improve on the squad slightly next year. But they've they've got to do something. I don't know. They've got to show some ambition if they like because I just don't want them. They play really good football under Graham Potter, and I don't want them to be sitting in twelfth or thirteenth every year because they don't invest in more quality to play better football under his system. We'll go from one team that sort of surprised some in terms of the start they had to one that has surprised absolutely nobody, and that is Burnley, who are now well and truly in that four-way fight for survival. And they're going to do this as well, Dom, with probably the least amount of money to spend, and that is visible with the activity that's going on and the fact that the only player of worth being mentioned is a what would you say, a 10-12 season veteran possibly leaving Chelsea? Yeah, that really worked out for Ross Barkley when he left Everton all those years ago, has it? it you know, he had a, a fleeting return to form, you would say, at Villa in his loan season last year, but then it dropped drastically after the halfway point, which was really disappointing for the Villa fans because they thought he'd be the player to kind of unlock Jack Grealish even more so and and be the other kind of star player within the squad. They've got some serious work to do, Burnley. This is the 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 probably the realistic year that I don't see them surviving. If they're to do so, they need to bring in some quality. They won't lose any players this season in this window in particular because they're not going to let their best players go whilst they're in a relegation battle again. James Tarkovsky to Newcastle is obviously the big one that's been on the cards for a long time. Ben Mee. Also to Newcastle. I mean, I think Newcastle is going to be linked with every single player on the planet. They might even be linked with me at some point, if, especially if they get relegated to the championship. So I'm not too sure where they'll go. They have bought in, in Jacob Badeau from Macambe on loan, but that's the kind of thing, right, about Burnley. That's the player. That's the only signing they make. A, a, a guy in Division One, they've bought in on loan. I, I, that, I, that I don't understand. Maybe COVID's made it difficult to get players in from overseas, but... I just don't know how they can get out of this this hole. Sean Dyche needs to be paid beyond anyone else's salary in the Premier League if he manages to get Burnley out of this hole this year. We then move on to Chelsea, who have had, I guess, a solid season so far, but December has not been kind with four draws and a win, meaning that they've lost touch with the competition leaders in Manchester City. And, of course, whenever we come to the December transfer window, you can be rest assured that... Chelsea will be mentioned to probably a dozen players. <laughs> yeah. And this year is no surprise. No, of course. They've got a, a an incredible list of talent that they're after. Um, again, Once again this year, they're looking at the likes of Jules Conde from Sevilla. Um, you've got Teo Hernandez from AC Milan. And you've got Sergio Dest from Barcelona. Wesley Fofana from Leicester, who's been injured. But a great future centre-back, that's for sure. They've got all these players that they're... That they that they want on their radar, you know they've had to to battle the Lukaku situation of the last couple of weeks. So, be interesting to see what happens with him in the in the near future. But he'll be staying put for the time being. And then obviously the big ones around Chelsea is who do they keep? You know they've got um, you know obviously Ross Barkley who might go back to Everton or to Burnley. Hakim Ziyech has not played a lot of football under Thomas Tuchel, and he's a fantastic player. Uh, I, I'm shocked that he's just gone to Chelsea and his his career has just not kicked off and how he hasn't been able to cement a starting position in that squad. It, maybe he just doesn't fit into the way that Tuchel plays football, but he's got 
an abundance of talent and would be a huge pickup to for any club in the Premier League. I'm not too sure why more aren't looking at him. Uh, Antonio Rudiger uh, is making that decision himself on whether he wants to stay or leave Chelsea. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does. And then the rest is, uh, you know, a little bit more of the, the B team, but you wouldn't really worry about so much. What do they need? Look, nothing. What do they need? Chelsea need nothing. They just need they just need more players for more depth. That's what Liverpool and Chelsea are trying to do. They're trying to ma- match Manchester City in the depth department, which I think Chelsea's already done, really, and Liverpool to an extent. So I guess you just keep bringing in more and more professionals and trying to generate a higher standard of football and competitiveness at your club so that you can compete for titles each and every year. Well, let's move on to Crystal Palace. And I'll tell you what, this was going to be. This is one of the teams that we thought was going to be the big unknown. In fact, I think you and I might have had these guys for relegation. Patrick Vieira, take a bow. Yeah, he's done fantastic, Patrick Vieira, and he's bred some uh, new life into Selhurst Park with the Eagles and the style of football that they've been playing. They've been backed by some great signings too. Conor Gallagher has been a, a revelation there. Wilfred Zaha and Jordan Ayew, look, they've been quiet, but also the biggest thing in the last couple of weeks is he's gotten the best out of Christian Benteke again. You've got to remember a few years ago when he first burst onto the scene, he scored 20 goals in his first season at Aston Villa and it was fantastic for them and he kept them in the Premier League two, for two seasons before he eventually moved over to Liverpool and then his season just dipped after that. If they can get the best out of him again, they're a really, really good side going forward. We've got some pretty good quality uh, in defence as well. So where they probably lack is some, some depth in the squad. So if you were to take the likes of Zaha away or Conor Gallagher misses out or Abritzia Etze who's been injured, that's when you start to look, mm, it might get a bit weak, right? And where does it? Where do they go from that? Um, they've brought in uh, Jake O'Brien from Swindon on loan. Not too many people will know that name, but that's just the, the, the news that we have. They'll look. They'll be linked with a few as well. The big one, obviously, is Eddie Nketiah from Arsenal. The man wants to leave. He's a good, strong player. He'll be very, very good up front. I think he'd be a great fit at Palace. I think if any of the clubs should take a punt at Eddie Nketiah, it should be Crystal Palace. Um, to, I think he'd be a world-class player for them. Other than that, I don't see them having a big window. They've got plenty of work to do within their own squad, and I think they'll look to do that and continue their upwards resurgence under Patrick Vieira. We then move on to Everton. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. What <laughs> else do you say? It's been awful. I mean, uh, you put down a D minus. I, I, I'm close to – is there such a thing as an E? Because an E for Everton, I, you know, is that or, is that allowed? Or, or, or they go straight to F. Yeah, well, they're straight to have. I mean, they've been they've been really poor. Um, Rafa Benitez was meant to be the man that they brought in, the pragmatic man to kind of fix the issues that Carlo Ancelotti had, where he they played beautiful football, but they were leaky in games. Where Rafa Benitez was to, meant to instill this sense of you know he's of sense of sort of stubbornness within the squad, and you know made was going to make him hard to beat. Hasn't just done hasn't done that. He's ostracised a couple of the players that were very good under Ancelotti, the likes of Luca Digne, who wants out. James Rodriguez is already gone, and they've just been really, really poor. I mean, yes, they've missed Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin for a lot of the season, which has been considerably unfortunate for them because they are their two best goal scorers and their two best players by a big stretch of a mile. So they need to bring in some players ASAP to match that quality because the summer window, whilst Everyone was raving about it at the start of the year because they were getting the best out of Andros Townsend and Damari Gray. They haven't been great in the last few weeks since probably November. And this is when the decline has started to happen. They almost went on an eight-game losing streak. I'm surprised Rafa Benitez still has a job, really. But 
that being said, they are linked with a lot of players this year in this window. They've already brought in a couple. They've brought in Nathan Patterson, who they're expecting to be the long-term successor for same as Coleman from Rangers. And then on the other side, they've looked to replace Luka Digne with Vitaly Mykolenko from Dimino Kiev. So they've made some, some, I would say, some future signings there, uh, which will be good for the um, the depth of, of the squad. And then obviously linked with a, with, a, with a bunch of other players, Aaron Ramsey, Felipe Coutinho, they've missed out on. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, they've missed out on. They're expecting Ross Barkley maybe to return. I think that's the big one. Then the others are a couple of players outside of the Premier League and the Scottish League and in in, in in the Championship. So what's likely to happen? They're likely to lose Luca Digne and they're more likely to bring Ross Barkley back. I think that's more likely to happen in the, for the rest of the window for Everton. And then there's one that's been mentioned very recently is uh, Alexis Sanchez from Inter Milan. And let me tell you now, Inter Milan are desperate to get rid of him. Yeah, I mean, do you want him? I mean, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, you know. I hear past his best goal. for sure. I, I, I think he'd be very good. I think Alex Sanchez would be very good in maybe the MLS these days. Let's go to Leeds United and the third worst defense in the league at the moment. Leeds are not currently in danger of relegation thanks to their seven draws. But it's a far cry from where they finished last year playing Bielsa Ball. Well, Leeds had it coming. Didn't refresh the squad in the new year. And the team has been found out. They played brilliant football last year because no one had ever played it before. And then they tried to play it again. Professional teams know how to change their style to beat each team. So that's why Leeds haven't been good in the last few seasons. Because all they do under Beesler is just play Beesler Ball. And unfortunately, that doesn't work all the time. Because... It's a very high-paced, high-energetic style of football. And if your team isn't up to scratch or if your team gets beaten or hit on the counter, you then get stuck a little bit and there's no real way to kind of change the plan. So they didn't refresh the squad, so that didn't help. So they don't have depth in the squad. And they just have – I think they've just been found out this year. They've obviously relied on uh, Rafinha to kind of drag them out of the hole that they're in. But how long is he going to stay around for? Because he's actually a world-class player. Rafinha should not be at Leeds. I think anyone who's got an ounce of football knowledge can see that he belongs at Manchester City, Liverpool, Bayern Munich, Barcelona. That's how good he is. But he plays at Leeds. So people don't see the quality yet. But you give him uh, a decent team that plays more clinical football, he'll be an unbelievable talent. So they need to bring in some players. They've made some signings in the window already. They brought in Mateo Joseph Fernandez from Espanyol and they bought in Ryan Edmondson from Port Vale on loan for the end of the season. Again, not too sure why these players are being brought in uh, for loans from the championships or the low, but it is what it is. Who else are they linked with? Again, not too many people to harp on about. They've got Ben Brereton from Blackburn Rovers, who is meant to be one of their better players there. Joe Roden from Tottenham. Weston McKenney would be a bit good pickup from Juventus, but he's been having a good year at the uh, the, the Turin based side. So I don't see him leaving. And Mariano Diaz, who obviously is a, a pretty decent uh, fullback for you, but I just don't see any of those players jumping ship at, at this time of year to go to a struggling club. We then go to our last team before we go to our break, and it is Leicester City. And maybe, just maybe, the years of just missing out on the Champions League is starting to fo- is finally starting to wear thin on the Foxes. But they're now not out of the race just yet for Europe, especially with Jamie Vardy continuing to defy expectations. And the real surprise for me has been um, Kalecha Iheanacho, who's actually sitting 
amongst the top three for goal assists so far. But this year, Caruso, is the year that we're finally starting to see the downward turn of Jamie Vardy. Can't play as much football. When he does play, they're a better team and they do score goals. But he's not playing all the time. And they still haven't found that replacement for Mr. Fantastic Fox, Jamie Vardy. They need to find it and they need to find it fast because the other they've, they've lost a little bit of their weight. They've got a very good squad. Yes, losing Wesley for final at the backstop being great, they've, but they've been leaky in defence. They've been losing goals on set pieces this year. It's been very uncanny this season for, for Brendan Rodgers. I'm sure he'll get a good go at it next year, but he'll need to strengthen the squad. Luca Digne would be a great pickup for them, but I like the players that they've got at the back there in that particular position. They need a striker. They need a striker to replace Jamie Vardy. Ayose uh, Perez and Kelchi Nacho just haven't cut it when they've played. Pats and Dak would be fantastic for them, but I tell you what, they need to do something soon is there to... to to keep pace and become and stay as part of that newly formed top seven. They've been linked with some decent players here. And the one that really surprised me in particular, the two players, the two players that they're targeting from Juventus in Adrian Rabiot and Federico Benedeschi. Rabiot would be not a bad pickup, I guess. I, I like his, uh, his ability in the middle. He hasn't obviously been one of the mainstays of the Juventus squad in the last season or two, but... Is a, is a pretty decent talent. The big one would be Federico Bernadeschi. If they could pick up him, that would be an excellent signing. But I don't see the, the young Italian leaving the uh, leaving Juventus, uh, especially in this window during COVID. I don't know what they'll probably do this year or in this particular window, Leicester. Luca Digne looks like the, the main one. Potentially, Adrian Rabiot is, a, is, a, is an easy pickup for them. But is it a position that they need? No, not really. They need a striker and they need one fast. Well, with that, we're going to take our break. And when we come back... It's going to be part two of the EPL Halftime and Transfers Report. This is Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby RSL, ISE Sport, and The Post. We'll be right back. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Hornsby RSL Club, your perfect place to catch up with friends and family. With dining options ranging from modern Australian favourites in the courtyard, authentic Asian cuisine from Keku, or delicious wood-fired pizzas from Level 1, there is something for everyone to enjoy. Join us weekly for entertainment activities such as trivia, meat raffles, bingo and free live music, or grab some tickets to see one of our first-class entertainment acts in the showroom. Thinking of holding an event? Let our friendly events team guide you through every step to create the perfect event for any occasion. Visit our website at hornsbrsl.com.au for further details. Hornsby RSL Club, proud sponsors of Triple H. 
Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Dom Rizzuto would say, look sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Bowling is back in Hornsby. The Attic offers a 10-pin bowling experience like no other, with Australia's first ever augmented reality scoring experience that will take your game to a whole new level. With a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the Attic Entertainment Precinct is complete with a bar and lounge area to keep you entertained for hours. Specialising in kids' parties and celebrations, the Attic at Hornsby RSL Club is perfect for your next special event. Whether it be an afternoon out with the kids or a night out with friends, it will be an unforgettable occasion that will bowl you and your guests over. Visit our website, theattichornsby.com.au for more information. The Attic, proud sponsors of Triple H. Welcome back to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountant, ISC Sport, the Hornsby RSL and The Post. Anthony LeBall Caruso with the spicy chorizo Dom Rizzuto as we go through the halftime report and the transfer window report for the 2021-22 English Premier League. And we now move on to team number 11 in alphabetical order. It is Liverpool. We've given them a B. And Dom, they have been absolutely amazing in attack. But over the last month and a half, they've just been dropping points when they should, shouldn't be. Yeah, they've uh, dropped a couple of points, Liverpool, and have lost pace with Manchester City. They need to bring in some players, do you think, this year to cover for Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah, who will be gone for the African Cup of Nations in the next week or two. So, interesting to see what they do. They've had another great season. Yes, they've fallen away. They're looking pretty red hot in the Champions League this year. I think the only team to win, English team to win all their games in a group stage match and remain undefeated. So, they're looking in prime uh, position to have a crack at that this year. Where do they uh, go in the Premier League, though, is, is a different question altogether. They obviously have plenty of depth, but they'll look to rebuild in the uh, window in terms of covering themselves across um, those particular players who are absent. Um, they've brought in, as confirmed, Tony Gallagher and Morgan Boys from uh, uh, St. Johnstone and, and Livingston. Uh, but they're linked to some pretty reasonable talents that also linked, uh, linked to Dennis Sicaria from Borussia Mouton Gladbach. Luis Diaz from Porto, he's the main person who I think will come across, the winger. Um who will likely play on that left-hand side to replace Mane if they do bring him in. He's a fantastic talent, and I expect him to be the only signing that they do make in the window. And then if they lose anyone, look, you're probably looking at Divock Origi. The guy's too talented to be playing up behind all those players. He's Liverpool's cult hero. He scores goals when he plays, scores important goals too. Just can't seem to get in front of the likes of Diego Jota or 
Roberto Firmino. So I imagine that um, he might make a move somewhere in this particular window, if not definitely in the summer. So far, he's been linked with Newcastle, Atalanta or AC Milan. Does he stay in the Premier League or does he have a go at Serie A? I think if he do very good in Serie A, I think he would it would suit his style for sure. Would he want to leave England? That's a different story altogether. I think there'd be a few clubs in England who would absolutely want to have a crack at his services. But, you know, do you want to trade Liverpool for someone lower than that? that that's a that's an interesting question, right? Do you want to that a player has to make sometimes. Do you want to stay at the best club in the world and, and win trophies and, and try and play a, a bit part role and, and make your way into the starting side? Or do you go and play regular football with a team below that and, and not win anything, right? That's that's always a tough decision as a player, right? Do you value first-team football over trophies? Let's uh, Speaking of trophies, let's move on to Manchester City and they have just been simply awesome this year, especially through Christmas. I mean... Manchester City have just been incredible again this year. They lost Sergio Aguero, obviously, at the start of the season, but obviously that was never going to be too much of a challenge. They didn't get to bring in Harry Kane, who's obviously the person they were really targeting. They did get Jack Grealish in at the start of the year, uh, or start of the season, I should say, and look, has been okay, has played pretty decent roles in the play, in the games that he's played, uh, and it looks like he'll, he'll be a City player uh, for the years to come. Who do they bring in this year? Well, look, that's a different story altogether. They're also linked with Luis Diaz from Porto. They've lost Ferran Torres to Barcelona. I think that's a big loss. I think he was utilised not as well as he could have by Pep Guardiola, and I think he's a great pickup for Barcelona. Nathan Ake uh, is likely to leave on loan. Where to? I'm not too sure. West Ham's been identified as a potential place uh, destination to go and I think that'd be great for him because he hasn't really I mean a, a strange signing for Manchester City in general I think you know Nathan Ake I, obviously signed as I think as a second string defender and has played that part pretty valiantly for them so be interesting to see um, what happens with him but I really don't know what they could do because their squad is just so good here's bringing what, a striker here's what I don't get why have they how has Barcelona been able to sign Ferran Torres for upwards of £50 million. Aren't they on the verge of bankruptcy at the moment? Uh, yes, but at the same time, they've also got ambitions to build a brand new stadium. So I don't know if they're in that much financial troubles. They've let a lot of players go and they've cut a lot of wages. Let's move on to Manchester United. And really, it's a case of the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yep, look, they've been rubbish. <laughs> uh, in terms of where they should be. They've haven't had a bad season altogether. Um, they lost, obviously, on a gun of Solskjaer only a, f- a few months back. They bought in Ralph Ragnick, who has not really done anything else special with them. I don't actually, I think they actually played better football under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, personally. And they played quite boring football under Ragnick. And I'm not too sure what they can do to change that. I think that they've made poor signings in the last few years. They've bought commercial signings. Ronaldo bringing him back was one of them. Signing a Jade and Sancho when they already had the likes of Mason Greenwood and Marcus Rashford there. I didn't see the point in signing Sancho. Unfortunately for them, Rafael Varane has been injured, but and he's they've been better when he's there. Um, but he hasn't been there enough and has been pretty much the story of his career, really. Uh, the French uh, centre-back. And it also hasn't been that crash hot in games himself. So, again, they're linked with catalogue of quality players. To mention a few, Florian Wirtz, the, the young creative midfielder from Bayer Leverkusen, has been linked. Ruben Neves um, from Wolves, who is the most likely man to join them, I think, and, and play in the centre of the park. El Emiliano Martinez from Aston Villa, but they've obviously got David Aguirre and, and Dean Henderson. Do you really need a third one in there? I'm not too sure. You'd have to lose one of them, wouldn't you? It'd be just too many egos in one in one little school. 
And then they've got uh, Aladar Hydera from RB Leipzig, who's been having a good season for them as well. Who's likely to leave Jesse Lingard on loan to West Ham? They, I think they no, were meant they, to put a bid forward, no, but no, that's I'm not be, sure they that's did. Like- Oh, that's likely to be a permanent move, that. Permanent move. I'm not too sure. The the bidding war is probably – not the bidding war. The, the negotiations probably be, began. I think it's a great little move for, for Jesse uh, Lingard to move uh, away from United, where he had great success with the London-based club only a, a while back um, in, la, in last season. One matter will probably move on finally as a free agent back to Spain. Edison Cavani. I know Ralph Ragnick has asked Edison to stay. He really wants Cavani to stay. So his age is obviously a factor and he probably might want to go back to his home country too. But I'm thinking that he'll probably stay another season because he's very much valued there as a professional, a good mental leader, strong personality, but uh, a good tutor at the same time. So I see him staying. And Anthony Martial, well, look, rumor is Newcastle. He might go over to Serie A and play with Juventus. I really don't know, but he also needs to go as well. I think his time at United is finally up and he needs a fresh new start. So, look, they've got a lot of things to do, United. They've got plenty of players to mix it up and plenty of money to bring new players in. But, you know, like you said, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? You can't keep painting over the same crack because eventually those cracks start reappearing. We then move on to Newcastle United, who I almost would have given them a D- minus to an F if not for the fact that they finally changed owners. They've already made one massive move, and now every man and his dog has been linked to St. James's Park. A lot to get through in terms of the players who have been linked to it. So, Dom, we're not going to waste any time. Go for it. And I believe that there has at least been confirmation that Kylian Mbappe will not be going to Newcastle United. Kylian Mbappe is never coming to England because it's too cold. So we won't be seeing that happen anytime soon. They've been linked with everybody. I'd give them an F this season. They've been pretty poor. Um, Eddie Howe, I thought, would have was going to do a lot better than what he has, but I think he's realised that this squad is atrocious that he's got in front of them. And Rafa Benitez and Steve Bruce did such amazing jobs with what they had that maybe they should have kept him there. I'm not too sure. Time will tell if they've made the mistake, the new owners of getting rid of Steve Bruce that early. Who are they linked with? Well, let's start off. Samuel Umtiti from Barcelona, Diego Carlos from Sevilla, Savon Botman from Lille, Aaron Ramsey from Juventus, Sadar Asmund from Senate St. Petersburg. Kieran Trippier is confirmed, made his first start for them uh, just the other day in their FA Cup match, but they lost to Cambridge United. So he is uh, their first signing uh, for £25 million back in England. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, obviously I mentioned earlier, is the, I think, the next likely target on their list. Uh, Bubica Kamara from Marseille, Joe Roden from Tottenham, Phil Jones from Manchester United, who made his debut, uh, sorry, return, I should say, to the Premier League after two or three years at his first start for United the other day and played very, very well in a 1-0 loss to Wolves. And Ismail Issa from Watford, who would be a very good pickup for them. Imagine having Alan St. Maximin on the left and Ismail Issa on the right. That would just be an an electric wing combo attack that any club would love to have. And then to have a bomber young, imagine, up front for them as well. Oh, I think they just, I'll be honest with you, I just run with Callum Wilson. He's a quality striker, Callum Wilson. He just needs better service. And then, of course, they have also been linked. And these ones are fairly solid as well. Todd Cantwell from Norwich City. And there is there is actually an offer on the table for £15 million. And it's a deal from West Ham United. Again, an offer on the table for £10 million. Yeah, look, they're decent signings. They need centre backs. They need they need midfielders. I think they've got some. They've got a striker and they've got a left winger in, as I mentioned, uh, Callum Wilson and Alan Saint Maximum. But 
They haven't got anyone on the... And they've obviously got... Oh, his name escapes me. But uh, a pretty decent playmaker in... Uh, God, his name has just escaped me all of a sudden, Caruso. I don't understand. Let's. We'll just edit this out anyway. We'll just, carry on. So they've got plenty of work to do, Newcastle, in this window. And I'm not too sure... Uh, how much it's going to help anyway. Let's move on to Norwich City, who I have given an F. The worst attack in the competition, the equal worst defense of the competition, an over-reliance on Todd Cantwell and Timu Puki, an aging goalkeeper in Tim Krull, a team that would be considered above average in the championship. They've got one foot in relegation. It's hard to see how they get out of this, and it's hard to see how anything's going to happen except players are going to start leaving Caro Road. I mean, I'm surprised that they didn't leave after last season. Um, they obviously finally got rid of um, their manager uh, earlier in the season and brought in Dean Smith from Aston Villa. He hasn't been able to turn it around there either. The squad is just diabolical um, and it comes to Premier League quality. Timo Pugge is the only one who can say would be an out-and-out Premier League player in that squad at the moment and they haven't done anything to invest in it at the moment and I don't see them investing it anytime soon. I think it's once again... Another year for Norwich to just go back, be the best team in the championship, and then try their luck uh, in 2024 in the Premier League. Now let's move on to another one of the very interesting changes that has occurred with the ownership of Southampton changing hands in a big way, Dom. Yeah, they've obviously changed hands recently, been bought by a sports media management company, Sports Republic, Serbian TV rights deal to the Premier League. So they've bought out the entire Chinese ownership of Southampton, so they've obviously come in and, and are going to hopefully reinvigorate the squad a little bit with, with a bit of cash injection. They bought the club for pennies, so you'd think that they've probably got plenty left over to bring in some players. But I mentioned I don't think it's going to happen this window. They've got a pretty decent squad. Southampton and Ralph Hasselhoodle is doing a fantastic job with the squad that he has. But... I think the best thing I can say right now is watch this space on Southampton. Well, there's a there's a few players linked to them at the moment. Um, they've had confirmation of a couple of changes that occurred. Sam McQueen, their young academy player who was an up-and-comer for England. Unfortunately, he's been medically retired due to knee injuries. Willie Cavallero, the, uh, the very old goalkeeper from Chelsea, he's been signed on a free transfer. He's going to be there more as a mentor role. He's working very lo- very well with getting Fraser Foster back onto the field as well. But in terms of transfers in, Ben Elliott, they've been linked to from Chelsea. Chuk Wubiku Adamu from Red Bull Salzburg. Sam Johnson from West Bromwich Albion. And the news came through today of, I think, probably one of the most audacious bids I've seen in some time. £20 million to Real Madrid for a guy who's actually rated as a bit more of a golfer these days but has a connection with Southampton. Look, there'll be a few connected, but I don't see too much happening this window because of the fact that the new owners have only just gone in and they don't usually just go and spend money straight away. But come the summer, I can be, I can see Southampton being one of those teams that bring in some decent quality. Of course, the player I'm referring to is their former junior in Gareth Bale. That would not be a bad signing for them at all if they had Well, that's it. unless he doesn't retire. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be such a bad way to retire at your junior club, would it? Well, that's true. I mean, you could do that and then and then retire afterwards. We then move on to Tottenham Hotspur, who have got themselves in a bit of a scrap for the final Champions League position with Arsenal, West Ham and Manchester United. But they're being dragged, kicking and screaming by the form of Son Hyung Min. Yeah, they've been very hot and cold this year, Tottenham. Antonio Conte has come in and done a lot better for them uh, than Nuno Espirito Sancho did. They've got, you know, as I mentioned, the likes of Honmin Son, who's been fantastic this season again. Harry Kane, unfortunately, is probably the the 
the one star absent from their form this year. He just hasn't been the same player, probably because he doesn't want to be there after all these years. But perhaps, you know, Conte's doing enough work to get him to be playing um, decent football once again. They're playing very good football at the moment. And I think Conte deserves to be backed. Maybe not this window, but what we see that they're linked to now is often a very good indication of what they might be linked with in the summer. To name a few at the moment, Adama Traore from Wolves, Dejan Kulaseski from Juventus, obviously will have known Conte from his time that he was there. Weston McKenney from Juventus too. Frank Kessie from AC Milan at the moment is the more likely player to come across because of the fact his contract is running out at AC Milan at the end of this season. Who's likely to leave? Well, look, interestingly, they've got Tangai Dombele there, Giovanni Lacelso there, Joe Roden. I would be shocked if they lost Lacelso because he is a fantastic player. And I'm, he hasn't really been given a lot of time on the field for Spurs, both under Nuno Espirito Sancho and currently under Antonio Conte. So not too sure what's going on there. So he'd be a great pickup for anyone. And that's then actually, Don Belli. That's actually an interesting one there because Juventus have made an offer and it's a player swap with Dejan Kulusevski for Giovanni Lo Celso. It would make sense because Juventus don't really need Kulusevski at the moment and Tottenham don't really need Lo Celso. Don Belli to Roma. Now that's an interesting one because... We all know that Dombele's was not a uh, one of Jose Mourinho's fans, who was, and Jose Mourinho is obviously the ca- current manager of Roma. So that that to me strikes as a little bit strange. But we are seeing a lot of English Premier League players go over to the Serie A in the last few seasons. So and it's starting to be a bit of a trend. So potentially it is a it is a signing, but I would be shocked. Let's move on to Watford, who I've given a D minus, and rightfully so. And let's face it, it wouldn't be a Watford season without a manager sacking. And we've got another one, and I don't. I reckon there's going to be another one before the end of the year. Oh, will they let Ranieri see out the year? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's an interesting one with Watford because they they they've played some really good football. I mean, they could they could still survive. They're in a four way battle, you know, and they could still survive. I kind of hope they do. I'd rather see them go. I'd rather see them stay up than Newcastle. Personally, they've got a lot of work to do. They've got some players of decent quality on their radar. Seed uh, Kolasinac from Arsenal hasn't been able to play much uh, since Arteta came aboard. Phil Jones from United, he'd be a good pickup too. If they lost Ismaili Sarr, that would be obviously a dent to their attacking foray. But I just, they, I mean, they need Watford need a, a big investment into the squad, and they just they're just not going to get it. And I. Unless that happens, I just don't see them staying in the Premier League. We then move on to West Ham United, and they've officially shown that last season was no fluke. David Moyes has got this team humming. Yes, yes, he has. And they've been playing brilliant this season. Yes, they dipped a little bit. We saw them fall away, but they have been fantastic throughout this year so far. Uh, off the back of Mikel Antonio's great contribution in front of goal, Jared Bowen, say Beren Rama, Declan Rice and have really come into a new sort of different era of form for West Ham and they're looking to increase on the squad more which would make them even more dangerous if they brought Jesse Lingard back from United that'd be awesome Gabriel Barbosa from Flamengo obviously he's got big wraps on him Adam Artreore from Wolves we all know that he's got immense quality on his day Aaron Ramsey obviously a bit past it these days but you know it could be an excellent signing too, as well as Eddie Nketiah. Imagine him and Michael Antonio up front together. I think that would be fantastic. So, look, they've got everything to look forward to, West Ham. The club very much on the up. And the only one likely to leave at the moment, Issa Diop, who's been linked with to Newcastle United for £10 million and probably could fund a couple of those transfers. Definitely. Especially if they lost a few, if they could get rid of potentially a couple of those dead weight players. There's, there's definitely room for improvement in the squad. And finally, move on to Wolverhampton Wanderers, who... 
have um, actually now well and truly moved on from the reign of Nuno Espirito Santo. However, it's a, it's a different team by the looks of it. Gone is the attacking flair. It's the second worst attack in the competition, but the second best defense in the competition. They started poorly, didn't they? But they've been really, really strong in the second, or should say, the middle part of this season so far. Found themselves, you know, right back up in the in the in the top half of the table. What do they do to improve the squad? Well, it's really tough with Wolves because they've got a pretty decent squad, I guess, depth. Or to maybe bring in another, maybe a star signing. I, I really, I really don't know. They haven't really been linked with anyone in this window. Well, the only thing they've done so far in this window so far is they've um, they've let go Hayao Kawabe to Grasshoppers on loan and Tio Cor- Corbino to MK Dons for the rest of the year. If anything, there are three players linked to Lee and. All three of them are decent names within the squad as well. Yeah, look, the likely one to leave is probably Neves if he's getting the likes of United or Chelsea coming after him. However, he's been there for a long time, so perhaps he feels too much attachment. Traore, again, I think could leave as well. Hasn't really played all that much this season. And then Ryan Aitnure, who really only just came across, so I'd be shocked if he's going to go too. Perhaps they're going to send him out on loan, perhaps, because there's big raps on him as well. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But they're all likely to move these three, but I just don't see it happening in this particular window. Well, we've come, just about come to the end of the episode. So from from this, do you see any team really making a big move forward if transfers go their way? And who do you think is going to probably go backwards after this transfer window? Um, who's going to go backwards after this transfer window? Ooh, that's a tough one in this winter window because there won't be that much activity. I mean, you know, there's a chance for Aston Villa to go back if Felipe Coutinho doesn't work out. It'll be interesting to see what else they do in the remaining few days of January. Then you've got the likes of United, depending on who they might bring in. I don't really see them bringing in too many players. Newcastle is obviously the big one on who might go, who could definitely go backwards or could definitely go forwards. You'd think that they could only go forwards with the players they're about to sign. You'd think they could only go forwards. I think they're obviously going to be the big beneficiaries of this window because they're the squad that needs the most uh, improvement and has the cash to actually improve the squad during the window. Who else is going to make movements? I'm not too sure. I think you've got to keep the luck on, look out on the likes of Liverpool, Newcastle, Aston Villa, Everton as, as the four squads that are really going to look to make changes to, com- to compete with where they want to be. If you look at the table, Aston Villa would consider themselves a squad that wants to be higher up the table. They're going to look to make investments like they have. Liverpool want to keep touch with Manchester City. They're going to bring in players to help them do that. Newcastle need to come out of relegation now. They need to step up. So West Ham as well. They're now in that position where they want to go into the next stage. They want to, they're going to need to bring in the depth to handle that. So keep an eye on it. It's going to be a very interesting window. There's still plenty of time left. There won't be too much activity, but I can guarantee that there will be one or two big signings before the first of Feb. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is full time here on Splinters and we can't wait for January to tick over so we can see what the run home is going to look like now for the rest of the teams in this year's English Premier League. I want to thank Dom Rizzuto for joining us here tonight and we've got plenty more to come for Splinters over the next couple of weeks, including, Dom, we're very excited to announce this, our preview for the 2022 NPL New South Wales men's season. Looking forward to it, Caruso. Always... Uh... Fun to get some local football back on Splinters. 
Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We do it all for analyst chartered accountants, the Hornsby RSL, ISC Sport, and the Post. On behalf of Dom Rizzuto, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good night. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites.